Hello! Good day, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-hosts. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan, the uh, cardboard samurai out of the uh, Tokyo area of Japan, and co-host three. Oh, yeah. It's your boy, Ashiok, out of the Great White North. And I'm so ready to talk about some hot moms. I mean, mom cards. Uh, Ooh, yes. <laughs> you know that there's nothing that Pioneer player, you know, Magic players love more than new cards. So always my most exciting time is when we get to talk about the new ones. And this is going to be our full set review for March of Machines with only a focus on Pioneer. Yep. Yeah. And I was going to say, um, Ashiak's already kind of jumped the gun and started talking about cards on his uh, his Twitter if you guys want to see some of his sweet brews. <laughs> This is true. This is true. I did get to Bruin. I, I knew. I knew. I knew. I had to be one of the first ones to post some interesting ideas out there. And mm. well, I'm going to talk about them a little bit more as we, we get into the spoilers. So we usually do like a, like a pre previews episode where we talk about the mechanics and you know some of the early spoilers. Mm. We didn't do that. So can I just get a real quick like, what's your guys' impression here uh, about? So what stuff we got? Backup. We have incubation. We have battles. What else do we have? Convokes a big one. This set. Well, that's coming back. I mean, we've had that oh, before. Oh, okay. Uh, so you mean sure, sure, sure. Like, do we want to introduce know. the new stuff? Your call, real quick. Eh, incubate tokens. I feel like we'll cover most of them as we go okay. here. You know, I don't think we need to go because we're not doing a full episode on it. We don't need to go too deep on like what each of these mechanics are. But as we bring up a card that has them, you know, just go over like the first time. Um, how do you feel about the set as a full though? Uh, I don't feel like we have an Innistrad Crimson Vow, so I'm happy. That's all. I, <laughs> that was the worst set for a while, and I don't. I don't think this one tops it. I don't. I think there's actually like some playable cards in here. I think there's a lot of like okay. sneakily playable cards in this set, hmm. uh, and that's uh, That's all I got to. I don't. I don't think anything's so, too too broken. Yeah, I think you know. I said this before in previous uh, set reviews that like they've been kind of throwing out these cards that are fringe playable to give other to get fringe decks like basically more more cards to play with and Hmm. i guess this is from a design perspective they've given us a lot of cards to to kind of play around with nothing that automatically fits into so-and-so deck which i think you know you know with the internet now stuff's gonna be solved like super quickly but it's not solved as quickly now I think, and I, I think that's what I, I can I can respect that. Not saying that this deck lo- or sorry this set looks like it's going to be a home run out, you know, uh, or uh, how can I say it's not going to be out of the park. It's not going to be a home run out of the park, um, you know, right away. But you know, maybe there'll be some sleeper cards, more sleeper cards than usual in this. That's that's my uh, take on it. Hmm. Okay. I'd like to see that. I'm a little bit low on this set. You know, I haven't seen anything that feels like it's going to really be on its own, able to shake up the format. So I want to see what exactly we can Wait. find that might be a little bit better than it looks. Kevin, you're low on a set review? Oh, this uh, is, Yeah, this I know. Is I'm always the negative Nancy, so like this is nothing new. Is uh, At least it's not a set. Like There's been some sets in the past where I've been like, okay, I hate every single card here. Um, this one's more like, yeah, I'm unimpressed by most cards. Uh, and I think for me, it mostly comes back to the battles. I feel like they were a really exciting card concept but they played them very safe and i think Mm. that what allowed them to is that they're very good in limited because they're what you have and they're very good in edh because you know if you're spending five life to kill a battle instead of killing your opponent you know in in one of you one that's a quarter of your opponent's life in 
1v3 where they have 40 life, that's, you know, 1 24th of their life. So just naturally in EDH, I feel like the battles are better. And that means that they were allowed to make them a lot weaker because uh, <laughs> because they'd still matter in the format they care about kind of thing. You know, that's me complaining, but I feel like they were able to play them very safe. And I don't feel like any of the battles for me are... You know, standing out as something powerful. So, you know, real quick, since I'm talking about them, so the battles these are you know a new card type, and they come in with basically a loyalty, um, and your opponent's defending them, but you you're the one who attacks them. You so don't have to. You're attacking right? it. Yeah, you're attacking it like it's a planeswalker. It usually does something when it comes into play, and then something once you kill it, you know, deal it enough damage, it you get to cast the backside of it, which is usually just you know some kind of spell. But none of them feel like I don't know. They don't. You know, they certainly don't feel like they're the um adventure cards where like oh i'm getting a an on rate card and i get another on rate card as a bonus these feel like it's like okay it's an underrate card that i can spend some effort into to get another underrate card kind of thing yeah i don't know i think i think it's very interesting i think it's very battle dependent in my opinion for a lot of these i think like some of these battles are pretty interesting because they reward you for attacking them or they're like sneakily playable uh but i think overall a lot of them are pretty big swing and misses Mm. You want to jump into some cards? So usually we go yeah. uh, Wuburg order. Yeah, uh, I just talked my piece. So why doesn't somebody start us off with a white card? I could start us off. You know, let's, yeah, let's roll ahead. for it. Yeah, you know what? Let, we talk about battles so much. Let's talk about the first battle. Let's talk about the invasion of. I'm gonna butcher this. I'm so ready. Uh, Gobakan. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, so it's a three loyalty ba- battle that you're gonna attempt to attack. Uh, it, it's ETB, uh, is it similar to the ETB of Elite Spellbinder, where you'll look at their hand, you'll pick an online card, and it costs two more for whenever they cast it, and it only has three loyalty. I'm gonna cl- refer to it as loyalty, don't know if it's correct, but we'll do that. Um, and then yeah, when you- defender, defend counters When you flip it, it becomes an enchantment that says, at the beginning of your end step, put a 1-1 counter on each creature that attacked this turn, sacrifice itself, uh, creatures you control gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Now- I, this uh, this card is like two mana, right? So that's why I'm like really interested in it because it's a really cheap effect for an elite spellbinder effect. And this battle itself rewards you for attacking the battle. So if we are playing, I don't know, mono white humans, just for the sake of it, uh, we play Dauntless Bodyguard on one. We then we play this card, attack it. It's now at one, and then we can carve into like Adeline and attack both into it. Like, hmm. it's a little bit of, like, a like a, that's a pretty high curve. But, like, still, I think, like, you turning your one two, or two ones that you, or your your uh, dorkier creatures into, like, something better because it was rewarded for attacking this battle, I think that's really interesting. And it, it gives protection afterwards as well with the card. I think this is a, one of the more playable battles we got. Yeah, I think you need to be at least a little bit mid-range to want this. Like, I, I'm not sure if the Mono White Humans deck is willing to take off turn two to play this is the only place where i'm hesitant Mm. but this is one that i'm excited about i do like this battle quite a bit yeah it doesn't have to exactly fit into like mono white humans but like i definitely think that like some mid-range aggro deck will easily spend the three uh attack points it is to defeat this to end up beefing up their bigger creatures and uh albeit like this this card does put one one counters on the attackers so like maybe there's some like synergies there with like some of the other cards that are going to be like spoiled a little bit later or talked about um okay but i definitely think this battle is like one of the more playable battles all right what's your top card white card from this set ryan uh there's some fun cards here that that, i don't know we can't okay you know me i'm the negative nancy we can't talk about fun cards guardian (laughs) of garapur is probably my my top 
um, white card of the set because, you know, I've been playing Angels recently, and, you know, this is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three flyer, um, and when it comes into play, you basically can blink something. Um, it, it says exile uh, a creature artifact to the end of turn and return to the battle, uh, sorry, battlefield at the end step. Um, so if you want to gain more life with your, your angels or if you're just going to reset anything, I think this, this card is actually going to have a lot of, how can I say, uh, versatility, not only in the angels deck, but also maybe in some other uh, decks that want to kind of reset something like reset a creature or use its ability again you know going back to the old school bent company decks that before we had these like hyper synergy decks you know for example like spirits or angels um we just had like the uh bent company good stuff you know this could be the type of card that that strategy wants if someone wants to go back to like you know playing reflector mages and stuff like that so that is my top white card from uh this set we haven't seen like a okay. deck like Bant Company in a while, and so I'm a little bit like mm. less high on this card. And the fact that it can only exile your stuff is a little bit more why I'm hesitant on it. Uh, but I do still think that it's like a, a three mana three three flyer is nothing to scoff at. That like does have some relevant text. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. Pioneer's gotten a lot quicker, so I'm a little bit less high on it. It's okay. Not, yeah. Kevin, no, nothing to say. No, uh, that that works for me. Uh, I feel like I added a few of these white cards, so let me jump off with one of them. Is Elish Norn, uh, and that's the whole name. It's four mana, three five. I'm gonna go through this quick. Hopefully, you guys can read along. Uh, three five vigilance. It, whenever a source an opponent controls deals damage to you or permanent you control, its source's controller loses two life unless they pay one. Three and sacrifice three other creatures to exile her and return her transformed under the owner's control only as a sorcery. And the backside is a saga, so way more text. Uh, it incubate two five times and transform all the incubator tokens you control so if you don't have anything else that makes five two twos wow. uh, and then the second one is creatures you control get plus one plus one and double strike until end of turn and then three it destroys all other permanents except for artifacts lands and phyrexians and then you uh blinker back to the front side damn that's strong yeah i i think this card's strong and i don't want to get too f hooked up on the backside. yeah i think that this front side is being underrated right now because that that second effect is just so strong um you know the elish norn's annex or like norn's annex was a card where whenever opponent attacks you they have to pay a phyrexian white so two life or a white mana and like that adds up that damage adds up this is basically that effect you know any creature that attacks you, they have to pay two life for each creature. Any creature that wants to block, that's two life for each creature. Like, that makes it really, really hard to block or attack, which means you're just always going to be winning a race with this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty high on the front side of this card. I think this card, yeah, I originally got really low on it because I read that you have to sacrifice three other creatures, and I'm like, huh, you get a removal spell, you're, like, dead. You just four for one yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like... As long as you don't ever, like, bait yourself into, like, flipping it on, like, an unsafe board. Like, I think this card's, like, super playable. This card's, like, pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's my turn to pick one, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? We haven't talked about some gods in a while. <laughs> we talk about a god. Heliod the Radiant Dawn. Uh, so you get a 4-4 uh, that says, uh, When a Heliod the Dawn enters the battlefield, return target enchantment card from uh, that isn't a god from your graveyard to your hand. You can pay three and a uh, uh, blue Phyrexian mana to transform uh, Heliod into a 4-6. Uh, and it says you may cast cards as though they had flash. And it says spells you uh, you cast cost one less for each card your opponents have drawn this turn. Now, do I think this card is insane and bike in the format? God, no. Oh, God, no. 
However, I do think it's a pretty good upgrade for the Enchanties deck, as now we have like a pretty playable four mana tutor that also sorry that tutor uh like a tutor target in that deck because you like you would have Fable and like sometimes you wouldn't have anything to do with it, so you just kind of have like a, a flipped Fable with nothing to do, and so you could turn it into a Heliod and then rebuy the Fable, or you could turn the Heliod into something else and like when this flips it's only going to be relevant against control so like th mm. this just like gives you a little bit more range in matchups as 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 your four drop and i think get, giving a lot of versatility and just a little bit of base value by returning the enchantment that you sacrificed to get it or any other enchantment throughout the course of the game i think it's pretty decent yeah, my question was going to be, does this have a home? And uh, if you said enchantments, that that makes some sense. Yeah, just like the replace the like, four drops. So like you would replace like uh, the Pegasus or Archon of Sun's Grace, I guess it is, uh, or Omnath yeah. or Seedrano. Whatever the janky card that was always played in that slot can now just be Heliod, and it'll it'll be pretty good. Okay. Okay. Uh, my turn again, or is your turn? Yep. Again? Back to you. So we're on white. Hmm, this is tough. So I don't really care for any of the battles, to be honest. I do kind of like the new Archangel Elspeth, though. Um, mm. El Elspeth uh, is a two and two white, uh, four loyalty. It's plus one is uh, make a one one white soldier token. So it, it passes the test of being able to protect itself. The lifelink is nice as well. Um, the minus two is put two counters on target creature. And it becomes an angel in addition to its uh, other types and gains flying. I'm not sure this would want to go in an angel deck, but um, not incredibly irrelevant. You know, if you're playing like a mid-range deck, maybe with the top end of Lyra or something like that, that could definitely uh, give your Bone Crusher Giant, make it a 6-5, you know, angel um, with flying. It's kind of nice, you know, if you're playing red-white control. Uh, and then uh, minus 6, it says return all non-line permanence cards with mana 3 or less from the value sorry sorry theory less mana value from your graveyard to the battlefield which i think is really neat um yeah you do have to be playing a lot of uh you know three three mana cards like you said bone crusher giant maybe some some uh i don't know ossification or you know some other type of uh permanence really gain value from that but um, I think this could definitely see some play. This is one of those build around cards or maybe you know one of those support cards that we could see showing up in a some kind of uh, mid-range white deck in the future. I just think it's okay. plus one's just a little too weak. Because, like, I think you have to kind of compare it to, like, Gideon, Ally of Zendikar, which has been, like, mm -hmm. on and off playable in the format for a while. Yeah, mostly off. Yeah, it, as of recently, it's been pretty off. But uh, I definitely don't think that... I, don't, I just can't see this card being better than Gideon, and so I just can't be high on it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, this one, sadly, I can't be high on. Okay. Alright, there's a few other white cards I'm pretty high on though still. Uh, let me go with Dusk Legion Duelist. This is one that I think is a bit of a sleeper where I don't know if it has a home yet, but I want to see what it can do because it's exciting. It's a 2 mana 2-2 two, two Vigilance Vampire Soldier, and whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on it, draw a card, but only triggers once per turn. Um, that could just be a good card, you know, if you can regularly be triggering this, like, I don't know if you're playing Vampires and you're just going, Sorin, put a counter on it, draw a card, repeat forever, like, that seems strong to me. That's that's fair. I don't ever really see this in like vampires. I think I'd more so just see this in like the co uh, the company style, not the company style, the um green white uh, scales or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. You would like try that. to like do it there, but I just still can't get high uh, high on this card because Watsy loves doing this thing now 
where I start reading a card and I'm like, oh my god, you put one or one counters on it, you get to draw a card. Oh, it's busted. And then at the very end, it goes, ah, but it only triggers once each turn. And mm-hmm. that is just an immediate mood killer for any card for me. So <laughs> sadly, I have to be off this card because right. it has the limitations. But I, I still think this card can have a lot of doesn't get you in the mood. Okay. Doesn't get me in the mood, sadly. Yeah. But you know what does get me in the mood? Trying bad cards in Enchanties. <laughs> Talking about battles, Invasion of Theros. Uh, so okay. when Invasion of Theros enters the battlefield, search your library for an aura, god, or demigod card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle. Uh, and it comes out at four loyalty, costs two and a white. Uh, and then its flip side is uh, uh, Afera uh, has lifelink as long and indestructible as long as you control three or more enchantments. And then whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. I want to try this card. I don't know if it's that great, but I definitely want to try it. Uh, so in right now we play Moonblast Cleric in Enchanties, and the only difference is like so that so Moonblast Cleric will put it on top, right? Invasion of Theros yeah. gets Heliod now, assuming we play that. And the auras that we play in the deck are Chain to the Rocks, Nylia's Presence, and I think that's really it right now for like mainstays. Mm. But I still think like those cards are like pretty fine enough, and I think it just really depends on like now how good is Afara on the flip side, and I think Afara is pretty strong. Uh, how how often will she have Indestructible and Lifelink? Not that often. But I still think that it is something worth testing. I don't know the value of it. I definitely think it's like you split this in Moonblast Cleric because Moonblast Cleric plays really well against Thoughtseize. Uh, but I still think like this is a really interesting invasion for that deck at least, and I want to try it. Okay, I got nothing to add on that one. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about I'm I'm still, like I said, I'm on the fence about Siege or say Battles, so it's uh, yeah. cannot confirm nor deny it's good. What do you got, Ryan? Uh, yeah, it's getting tough for me to book. I think if I had to choose something here, though, I would probably say that I like Sunfall. Even though it's more of like a mid-range control card, um, you know, it's an exile effect, a mass exile, exile effect for white, three and two white, actually. And it says exile all creatures and then incubate X, where X is the number of creatures exiled this way. So basically, you wipe your board, and then you get to put a bunch of artifacts that will become creatures um the next turn that you can kind of activate at your 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 own pace which i think is like really really cool so, so like, it's one artifact it's one big artifact with this one it's not incubate two oh, in, X uh, never mind incubate x uh, so you make like okay you know you make well, a four or four or something well it still gives you a win condition after you wipe their board it still gives you a big thickums yeah yeah i think it's pretty good i think it's reasonable it might be an upgrade for farewell in the decks that want it um depending on whether the one mana matters more than you know hitting graveyards i think mm-hmm. it's more so hitting enchantments with farewell that's the biggest thing yeah hitting enchanties okay well you got another card that you're high on there Mr. i got like three more three or four more so i'm gonna go quick uh you know i think i like some of the low-cost incubate creatures like i, I think incubates one of the mechanics that might have the potential to be stronger than it looks so i threw norn's inquisitor and progenitor exarch on here uh, i don't have to talk too much about them but i think that i'm interested to see how these incubate creatures work out yeah i think incubation is definitely like a pretty powerful mechanic i definitely think that a lot of people are a lot higher on it than battles which i think i'd be a little bit wrong but the cards like listed i think that i have issues with exarch because it's it's it, i don't know whenever i see a creature that just b- dies to bone crusher giant it's just immediately uh, just sad. Like tears come over my eyes, and I, uh, I just can't get high hype about it. But yeah, I can get hype uh, about uh, some of the other incubation cards. Like I think the Sunfall card is like actually kind of interesting. But uh, okay. the last card, the last white card I want to talk about though is Phyrexian Sensor. I definitely want to talk mm-hmm. about this card. 
Uh, so it's two and a white for a 3-3 Phyrexian Wizard that says each player can't cast more than one non-Phyrexian spell each turn, and non-Phyrexian creatures enter the battlefield tapped. So, calling back to that little Twitter post that I had a little bit ago, uh, I built a Phyrexian uh, Pyre of Heroes deck. You'd play a five. Ooh, yeah. You're playing four color Pyre, um, and you would use this card because, like, you're playing you're playing a bunch of Phyrexians. The only non-Phyrexians that you're playing, at least in the deck at the time, were Malachi Rebirth and Pyre. But I've tried to I've changed it a little bit more to like a little bit more like Mox Amber because I realized every deck every card in that deck is just kind of like legendary and it works out anyway. Uh, but you can still like ramp out this card. Their blockers become tapped. Most Phyrexians are like pretty good at attacking. Uh, I've, I've learned yeah. that through my through my googling of trying to find a bunch of Phyrexians. So, uh, being good at attacking, making your opponent's creatures come in tapped, and the fact that they can only play once a turn, one of them a turn, and in the same deck, the uh, Phyrexian deck, you can still play like Skrelv and this card, and like I don't know, like infinite protection for it. And so I think like there's something there with like the Phyrexian tribal deck. However. Uh, I think, sorry, I think that uh, Phyrexian Sensor will just be, like, one of the standout cards of that deck, because I think this is, like, one of the cards that are the most powerful in this deck. Mm. Okay. It's so oppressive. Can I shout out the one last one I wanted to say, which was Night Aaron Devios? Yeah, I wanted to shout out that card, too. It's, it's kind of it's kind of oh, nice, bad, because yeah. when you realize it puts them into hand instead of play, but... Well, it's a 5-mana 4-4, four, four, and even if you Convoke... So it has 5-mana 4-4 four, four with Convoke, but, and for... You look at the top six, and for however much you convoke, you get to grab creatures with that mana value or less. So, you know, that's a lot of cards to go deep. You know, even if you only convoke this for one and grab, if you're playing a bunch of one drops, or, you know, you convoke this for two and you grab two two twos from the top six cards. Uh, you know, if you've got enough creatures to do it, convoke for five and you can find another one of these and just keep going. Like, it seems pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. Still, still low on it, but... Okay. Fair. So I have a question. I want to give it a try. Oh, what's yeah. up? Um, so like they went really hard on convoke in this set, and I'm wondering how, what kind of cards are we gonna be playing to enable all these invoke cards? Convoke. Well, if you're a uh, command player, they made a <laughs> a commander for it, but they don't give those kind of things to us uh, standard uh, pioneer. Yeah. I think I think what you're trying to get at with like convoke is like the only cards that we've ever really seen consistent play that have convoke is Court of Calling. Court of Calling was a really powerful is a really powerful yeah. effect and elves can abuse it really easily. And there's not a lot of other creatures that can really abuse that kind of like convoke mechanic as well. Like maybe mono white, because like you just play a bunch of like these Charming Prince, Spirited Companion, mm -hmm. um, Extraction Specialist, boom, you put two creatures into play. Like there is like a shell that can exist for the white card, uh for Night Errant Eros or whatever it is. But uh yeah. sadly I as someone that tried so hard last set to try to make mono white work, sadly don't think it's there. Mm. I, I've officially moved on. You know, you gotta move on with your brews. Oh. Stoke the flames was big in standard. Yeah, that... It's the only other one to mention, but that had synergies that we don't have now. Oh, yeah. reprints, which is cool. Yeah, yeah and pi finally pioneer legal. Whew. <laughs> it was always yeah. yeah. It was always pioneer legal. That's no, how good it was. No, don't spoil it. No. All right, uh, ready? let's move on to blue here. So, okay, can so I start? There was only one card that I added that I thought is good, and I just wanted to kind of get you guys feel about it. And you guys can talk about the rest of the blue cards because I usually don't talk about blue. Um, and that yeah, is, we know, we know. That is a moment of truth. So when I saw this, it kind of reminded me a little bit like uh, expressive iteration. 
So it, it's a one mana and a blue instant. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of those cards in your hand, one into your graveyard, and one on the bottom of your library. So expressive iteration basically did the same thing, except instead of putting it at the bottom of your library, it exiled one that you can play till the next turn. Is this basically uh, expressive iteration at home? Is this going to be uh, nope. a good card? Or? Nope. Nope. Ah, it's not. <laughs> I'm willing to, to consider it because you, you, you talk about the wrong one. Expressive iteration also put a card on the bottom. This one puts one in your graveyard, which is a little bit better but like i i don't think that this is enough upside like anticipates a not quite playable card we we just got a much better anticipate that proliferates mm-hmm. this is you know one into the graveyard if this was two into the graveyard if this was just an instant speed strategic uh, planning what is it? strategic planning then i think i could be fully onto it but uh this might see play but i don't think it's like a big pickup or anything i think okay. the biggest thing that you might be missing for like this not being an expressive iteration is being able to cast an additional card or make an additional land drop by exiling it and that's why this card was so power or expressive iteration was so powerful the fact that i only yeah. get to play one of the cards that i see or like put it in my hand even that the fact that they slap instant speed on it just it's not good enough it, 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 it needs to create two cards at some point for it to be like good and like putting cards in the graveyard like how consistently in my top three is there a card that i can actually use that goes into my graveyard as blue like maybe if i'm grease fang but if i'm grease fang i'd rather just play like faithful mending there's like other just yeah. like better cards so i think sadly that yeah, i mean maybe like you know black blue control if they're trying to gear hulk kind of thing yeah maybe like i i like this maybe more than i like uh if you're playing opt in that deck I don't know if you're still on opt. Hopefully not. Well, consider opt, this. But... You don't have to be on opt anymore. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, you definitely don't have to be on opt anymore. Yeah. Well, I meant like you know, like for consider more than end for opt kind of thing. But... Well, how have you considered ha- ha- moving on to another cool blue card? Happily, I love me some blue cards from this set. Um, can I go with you know big one here? I go for Fairy it, Mastermind. Yeah, I go for it. I was, I was I like I, you yeah, definitely hot on this card, although I haven't gotten a chance to test it yet, and it could be, you know, worse than it looks just because it doesn't have a home exactly, but two mana, flash flying, two one, fairy rogue, whenever an opponent draws their second card, you turn, you draw a card, and you can pay four to have each player draw a card. Yeah, cards just uh, like... This is just really sweet. Good. Yeah, you know, two one flash flying is an aggressive card. I would love to play some, like, blue-white flyers or, like, Jeskai flyers, something like that would be right up my alley if that could be a deck again. Flash, blue white flash was a deck before. Yeah, I think um, I think this will more so just kind of be in like, ah, uh, God, we've seen mono blue tempo with Brineborn Cutthroat and all these other like kind go. of like playable cards and like mono blue. And I think that's like it's like kind of interesting. There is like a mono blue like Taxus Flyer type flash card, and I I definitely think that this might be like a little bit more of like a sideboard card for a lot more of decks. I do just draw a lot more cards. Um, like I don't know, like I can see a play pattern where your opponent's like. Uh, turn three fable uh turn, and then they like tick it up or whatever and you're just like ha now if you want to discard cards now i got a faster mastermind fairy or whatever I'm like yeah. maybe that's like fine enough but i think this card is like a little it's just it's just a little bit not there but i still think it's like i wouldn't surprise me if i was wrong yeah and you know it's also a rogue it's a flash creature like there's a few different synergies you can play with there mm-hmm. that i'll be trying out well i guess i guess i gotta talk about a blue card now <laughs> yeah, I don't. Hey, go for it. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Rona, Herald of Invasion. So I got a lot of oh. talking here. Uh, one in a blue for a one-three legendary creature, human wizard. Whenever you cast a legendary spell, untap this card. Uh, you pay. You can tap it to draw a card, then discard a card. Then you can pay five and a black Fraxian to transform it, and then it transforms into a five-five Trampler. That whenever it deals, well, sorry, whenever a source deals damage to Rona, 
That source's controller exiles a card from their hand at random. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, you might cast it without playing its cost. Um, so you kind of like get like a little Frexian Obliterator type guard on the other end, but it's a little bit worse if your opponent's like Hellbent, which is, happens a lot in this format. But I like to talk about like the front side. I think the front side's a lot more interesting because this is oh, a yeah. this is a Mox Amber format. So, um, like you, there already has been like a Legends type deck that's like kind of been existing in like the tier three Epsilons that like exists. Mm. Like I've seen Doomway playing it. I've seen. A bunch of other my friends trying to like brew around the legends strategy. The Emery, the Emery one? Uh, no, not Emery. That's uh, it's it's more so just you you play a lot of really good legend guards that are just legendary, and then your mana base just kind of fixes itself. Uh, like you play um, uh, Rafine. I think that's the one for. Oh, love me some Rafine. The one for or whatever. Um, Maybe Burrell. And then you play some Shieldreds. I don't know if you're playing any Burrells, sadly. Oh. Uh, that's okay. Um, I, I I don't remember the uh, Thalia's. You're playing Thalia's in that shell. Um, you're just like kind of like this Asper deck. Oh, uh, I've seen that on Arena. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this card just allows you to have like such a, like a filtering, right? Because like you can just draw a discard and like make sure you always have your best cards. And like the the cards that run in that deck were like obviously Rafine and Shieldred. And like the more Shieldreds you find, better yeah. Shieldreds are. Mm. The Shieldreds are really good. <laughs> the second one's a hell of a lot better than the first one. So um, I don't know. Like digging deeper with your Legends deck just makes me real excited. And I think. There's even like a legendary like Mox Amber Emery type strategy that could exist here. That one I think I'm a little less high on, but so I was gonna say I, I'm also like if you weren't if I wasn't gonna say Fairy Mastermind, this is gonna be the first card I want to talk about because I'm really big on it and I'm definitely gonna play around with comboing with it. You know, you can go. Uh, I guess you would have to do something special to turn to it, but you could go. You know, Rona plus mox amber plus retraction helix that's infinite mono and you draw like you draw through your oh uh, you don't draw through your library but that's infinite mana yeah and infinite spell cast so it's just like that's a combo kevin i wanted to ask if kethis gets unbanned would this go into kethis combo it would absolutely go into kethis combo you know already discussing that i i still play like i still you know test around with kethis just because i am the like the kethis guy um it absolutely would be a great time to have in that deck. It would still be garbage right now in the current format. Like, it's completely unbannable. Wizards, you're crazy. But, uh, yeah, absolutely she would make a big difference there. Okay. That's another blue card you're excited about. I mean... Uh, I'm excited about a couple here. Um, I I want to call out Chrome Host Seed Shark. I think that it's interesting. I don't know if it has a home, but I think it's a powerful card that shouldn't get slept on. Being a 2-4 Flying Shark for 3... And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you incubate X where it's the mana value. Yeah. I- I've just been big on incubate, clearly, but, like, dig through time. Yeah. Dig through time. I like to call this you card know. Shark Typhoon at home. Yes. Yeah, but it's pretty good. Like, I mean, it's definitely a callback <laughs> to Shark Typhoon. Yeah. But the fact that you can, uh, you know, end step a dig through time and untap with an 8-8, like, that's uh, scary. Ah, well, sadly, you don't untap with an 8-8. You untap with an incubated. Well, that's the thing, though, like, to remember is that you flip open the, the token and it Started the turn under your control. It does not have some. Oh shit! Didn't even know that. Let's go. So it would be able to attack that turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that'd be sick. That's a lot. That's a lot higher on incubate. I definitely think this card was a lot worse. But now that I know that, I definitely think it's a little bit better. I, I think a lot of this set is just kind of like, you know, Pioneer at home. You know, if there's a better card than it's in Pioneer. But hey, if you don't want to spend uh, 
a hundred times more money on it than hey, play your Chrome host instead of the. I, uh, I think it's a different deck that yeah, be yeah. This, Chrome this host would be a, versus a this would be definitely more of a dig through time deck, and you don't see dig through time in a lot more of the control decks. You see a lot more of like memory deluge, and you don't really ever see them hard casting it. So it's definitely a lot more of the decks that want to hard cast this, and those okay. are the dig through time decks. So I think where there's like a big yeah. difference in the decks that want these two cards. So, sadly. Uh, but I do have a card that I'm like kind of hyped on that doesn't have a home. Go for it. Omen Hawker. One mana, one, one. Oh, yeah. It taps for a blue and a colorless, and it can only spend it on activated abilities. Now, the most busted thing that I think of, that I thought of, that we could do with this card in the current Pioneer format is play it on turn one, and then turn two, play a Bankbuster. Woo! We could draw, we could draw <laughs> cards, but... I think this card just has like such an e- like this card has such a high ceiling that I I don't know even know where where it ends at this point because I don't know like ha- being able to pump four mana or sorry pump, pump two mana into things like uh like so quickly is so like I don't know I think it's like insane just the amount of mana generation that this can uh create does it turn have a home two, you uh, oh. cycle a shark typhoon for two there we go baby or you can just like i don't know turn <laughs> on your incubate things or whatever you may be I, I don't think this has a home in current pioneer but i think this is a card that you have to keep your eye on as the as sets get released because this card this yeah there's a lot of a lot sneaky activated abilities you know all the all the creature lands all of the uh you know cycling cards all of the channel cards like those are all activated abilities that you could run with this mm-hmm Okay, uh, let me go and just to shout out a couple more here. I don't know if you guys want to go into these. I added them late here. Zephyr Singer, I think, is definitely no home, but uh, I think it has a little bit of power worth just giving it a shout out. And I think Cyba Crypto- Cryptomancer, really cool card, um, fantastic flavor text, and very much could have a home. Like this is a this is a one of the cheapest hexproof creatures we've got, and it's flash hexproof. And it has that backup one, so when it comes into play, it can protect another creature. So I could see this going into some kind of Aura's deck. I don't know about Aura's mm. exactly, but I definitely think, like, this mono blue flash the archetype that we keep talking about, this would be, like, sick in that. Like, yeah, you just protect... Uh, very cool common. You just protect your... Uh, uh, I'm gonna call it Yada Yua, or, or whatever it is. Um, fuck, what's the name? Uh, fairy, fairy Mastermind. I don't know if you guys that are... One. Fairy Mastermind. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys are, are old yeah, enough to get that, yeah. that uh, reference <laughs> in the in the flavor text there nope oh okay <laughs> i am all right we're gonna go to black i'm 23 i am a zoomer yeah sure you want to go for it uh ryan you never got to call it a card for a bit yeah i'm not super excited about a lot of these but yeah yeah i guess you know i'll start with shield red i consider uh, don't shield don't read red. this whole card i'm not letting you read this whole card there is like five paragraphs of text well, it, i'm bad. sorry this is mother <laughs> machine oh are we having a hot of- take Go for it. I mean, I mean it... <laughs> this whole set is text. They, they should this call yeah. us text of the machines. It's like all AI generated chat GPT. Mother of typewriters. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's a four or five for five mana menace. You have to sacrifice creature when it comes into play. You pay five mana to flip it. And then on the backside, it says each opponent destroy up to one target creature. Player controls. Two is actually the saga, of course. Uh, the second one is each opponent discards three cards, mills three cards, and then the third one is put all creature cards from all graveyards into the battlefield under your control, and then exile it and return it to the battlefield as shield red. I like that third part a lot more than I like anything else. I think the other parts are really underwhelming, but I really like that third one there. So Damn. that's all I'm going to say about shield. Am I the only one that's high on this card? I think this card's kind of sick. Uh, maybe. Are you thinking about it for... Um, I just was like, oh wait, what about uh, what about in... 
enchantments. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, in my list on Twitter, I, I called this card a, uh, a better Cavalier of Dawn in that set, in that card. Um, I definitely think it is, especially it's really abusable with ETBs, and I think the I think that Shieldra is like definitely a lot more sneakily playable because of the fact that uh, it's each opponent sacrifices a non-token creature planeswalker, uh, so you kind of you you snake planeswalkers as well with it, and you don't and you don't uh, get got by them like doing some token thing. I don't know. I, I just I definitely think this card is like uh, a lot more playable, and I think it's the easiest one to transform out of all of them, minus like. Urabrask, but I have my own problems with Urabrask. Um, I think just having eight cards in the opponent's graveyard is a lot comes up a lot more likely in these like grindier uh, decks that like Fires of Invention already is. So the fact that you can just like flip this a lot I'll... more is pretty pretty good to my me. My only hesitation, I think I've got two hesitations there. Like that's definitely where I'd now be most interested in it. But one, eight cards in the opponent's graveyard might be trickier than you think in a deck that's exiling with all of its removal. Uh, and two, I just like a black is not the color that that deck wants to be adding more of. So like an activated ability in black, you might not be able to activate even if you've got fires out, and it'd be hard to cast hard cast if you don't have fires out. Yeah, well, uh, Nadia's presence does a lot of the work in that deck for that, especially with like leyland binding and similar. So I, I don't know. Like I definitely think that this card's like a lot harder to cast than Cavalier Dawn, even though Cavalier Dawn's like triple white. Uh, I think it's like kind of equal, but I still think like activating this ability has never really been like a big issue especially against the decks that you really want this card that being like red black they play urborg pretty consistently and the amount of times that i've gotten to turn one on the line binding because my opponent played an urborg so i don't know i think i think think it happens a lot more i think i think also eight cards i think it's like pretty reasonable in a lot of decks uh for them to just randomly have because like fable is like one of the most played cards in this format right and that just pitches two cards right there and when the fable's gone there's another card in the graveyard right there like, just it's you sneakily get a lot more cards in the graveyard in this format than I think you might give it credit for. But obviously, a lot of them okay. go away because of like Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time and Croxa and all that. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it, it's a it's a card I gotta play around with to make to to make, to make sure. But I think this one's like sneakily good. Okay. You want a card else? I think is sneakily uh, good. Yeah, go for it. What do you got? I think Invasion of Innistrad is actually sneakily pretty good. Ooh, okay. This is another battle. Yeah, yeah. So tell me on uh, it. So. And this one has flash, which is the only battle with flash. It costs two and two black. And when it enters the battlefield, it gives something in the opponent controls minus 13, minus 13. And then Ooh. when it, when you defeat it, uh, you create two, two black zombies. And then it says two and a black exile target cre- uh, card from a graveyard. If it was a creature, get a two, two zombie. Mm. The reason I'm really high on this is because flash. This is the only battle with flash. So you have a lot more of an opportunity to set up a window to where you can just defeat the battle, have this be an end of turn removal spell, and then you get two two twos to defend. So if we even just like place this in like red black, right? And then your opponent like we'll just like talk about like I don't know your opponent plays uh, a grease fang or something like that, and you can just like mm. minus thirteen minus thirteen. Your creatures already in play, and now uh, swing or like and and end a step. They play sorry, uh, red, you're against red black. They play a Shieldred. You go to their end of turn after they like probably have like attacked you with a Bone Crusher Giant or whatever their three drop is. You kill their Shieldred, and now you just get to swing back and make two two twos. I think that there's a lot more playability to this card than a lot of people give it credit for. I think I've seen this card called like four mana. Uh, what was that card called? Tragic Fall or Tragic Slip, whatever it is. Tragic Slip. People yeah. are like four mana Tragic Slip, and I'm like, ah, well it has flash, and like you, you can still like axle cards in the graveyard, and it creates like infinite value that way. If there's always like creature cards in the graveyard, which in this format, there usually is. 
Yeah, I could see it winning a grindy matchup. Um, I don't think that maybe this won't be a card that you can main deck. It might be a good sideboard card that you'd bring in against something like red black. I'm just afraid of like, you know, if I'm casting four mana to kill a token from Fable of the Mirror Breaker, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. But I, I definitely could see it. I think that you know, you've kind of sold me on it. It might be hard to flip. Like, that five is a lot. Uh, but I'm interested to try this one out. I could see it, like, in the sideboard, you know, definitely a mirror breaker for red black i could see oh yeah well you just like start exiling all their little little guys and you, just, yeah. you really have to find a window though to set up to be able to kill it and i think that's where the interesting part of this card comes in um i'll shout out grafted butcher since i think it's my turn is the two mana two two phyrexian samurai when it enters phyrexians gain menace on a turn and it gives the other ones plus one plus one and you can sack an artifact or creature, pay four, and bring it back from the graveyard to the battlefield, which I think is definitely cool. Uh, only at a sorcery, though. That hurts a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm I'm personally really high on this card, because in the Phyrexian Tribal deck that I did build, uh, it ran um, Gix, right? And so, mono-black Phyrexians, or sorry, mono-mono-black, but like, like a lot of black Phyrexians giving menace and like trying to draw cards like that, and while also still having Skrull for protection in that Phyrexians deck it really excites me. Um, but I still think like this card is like like a really good Phyrexian Lord. I think it's definitely like one of the more pushed lords for I don't know a lot of the archetypes. Yeah, um, you didn't count the bloated processor on here. I don't know if that's one you're excited about or if that one's not as good. The bloated processor, uh, probably. That's not. like the three mana three two that you can sacrifice. A Phyrex- oh, you, it has to be a Phyrexian you sack, yeah. so yeah, that's probably what makes it weak. Yeah. Although you know it is a three mana three two that when it dies makes a three three, the uh, sort of. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I've been okay. I've been a little less on high on that card. I think that card is a little uh, secretly bad, if anything. Uh, All right, I got nothing else in black. Cool. Um, How about you, Ryan? Well, did you, did we talk about Pylon? We did not. Nope. Yeah. So this is where I'm coming back to. You know, Convoke seems really pushed, but when I thought about it, this, seems like a good card. If there was actually a black aggro deck, you know, with a lot of one and two drops, like before we had mono black aggro. This card would have been great. You know, you're playing like your Ebon Legion and whatever else you're playing, and you're able to convoke and kill basically whatever you want for free at the end of the turn if you wanted to, if you had untapped cards. But now that we have Rakdos midrange, even Rakdos aggro um, seeing play, those don't really help out as much. So there's better removal in those colors. So I'm, I think Pylon has potential. But I do not think that it's going to see play anytime soon. Like I said, if Mono Black Aggro came back, or maybe even if we had this in like a uh, a Vampire's deck, it would be fine. I think it'd be a you know you could play it, get some really good value out of it. Probably play it for two to kill out anything. But you know, as it stands right now, I'm I'm kind of hesitant to say it's a, a good card. That's fair. I also think that this card is like a lot more of like a modern card than it is like a pioneer card because I think modern is a lot more abusable the convoke, convoke mechanic, especially yeah, in this capacity. Surve- but if there's a good mono black aggro deck, this is definitely the best removal spell. Surveil's also nice. Oh yeah, you like put uh put two cards in the graveyard, one of them being um got a scrappy scrounger. Yeah, and maybe this this could also see play in um rogues. Maybe I don't know. I don't know about that. I did not know about. What I do know is I got some more cards to talk about. What do you got? To talk I got about? an Archpriest of Shadows to talk about. Claudio sold me on this one. Uh, three and two black. Oh. Three and two All black right. for a four four with backup one. Uh, backup is a mechanic I don't think we've talked about yet, so I'll quickly go over it. Uh, when this creature enters the battlefield, put a one one counter on target creature. If that's another creature, it gains the following abilities until it turn. So when it enters the battlefield, you can give this next line of text to something else and a one one counter. Um, 
it has death touch and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player or battle return target creature card from a graveyard to the battlefield now the reason i'm really ex- your graveyard not oh, sorry. a graveyard yeah, sorry. from your graveyard yeah uh the reason i'm kind of like also excited about this card is because like there's been this like pyre of humans uh sorry pyre of heroes uh humans deck that's kind of existed for a little bit and i think this is like the perfect way for it to top out because now you just get to return whatever you sacrifice to go get the five draw uh. um and assuming that it's like and you you'll have like uh, a lot more flyers in that deck like i don't know like a mantis rider is like a pretty good human that is pretty hard to like block and interact with in combat. So if you just give it death touch, it makes it a lot better. And you get to like attack the battles with the, sorry. You don't... So there's no battles in this deck, uh, sadly, but um, you just get to attack your opponent and return something. And I think that's like pretty nice. Uh, I think it's like a good curve topper for that deck. Okay. Uh, and then the other card to talk about is the invasion of Fiora, uh, four mana, black, black. Uh, we got another battle here. This one only has four health though. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, choose one or both. Uh, destroy all legendary creatures. Destroy all non-legendary creatures. All right. Oh, there's a both there. Got it. Yeah, Got yeah, it. Okay. yeah. That's why I'm kind of kind of hype about it. Because like you could theoretically have your legendaries, right? And either it's going to be Plague Wind, or if you need it to be, it can destroy both sides. The reason I'm really high on like a lot of these like bigger battles is because they're flickerable with the Orion. And I think that's just where you kind of need to think mm. about some of these cards, right? Like a repeatable, like you could just quickly repeat the invasion of Fiora, you do a quick like repeat of the board clear if you need it. Um, I haven't talked about the backside of this card because I definitely don't think you're flipping it that often, but I'll bring it up because it does just win the game sometimes. Um, Menace Death Touch for a th- and it's a three six. Uh, when it uh, attacks, you get to remove all counters from up to one target permanent. So you just get to destroy a battle or destroy a planeswalker, or sorry, flip a battle or destroy a planeswalker. Um, and at the beginning of your upkeep, if you haven't been dealt damage since your last turn, you draw a card and lose one life. So if you're winning, you're winning more. Um, yeah, and I think so that's really cool for this battle. I didn't really understand how battles work, to be honest. Like I didn't. I thought that they, your opponent would gain control of it, kind of like how, like, the Akron horse type thing, but you actually still nope. control it yourself. So yep. I didn't know you could actually blink them and continue getting value off of them. That's interesting. Yeah, that's why I'm a little bit more higher on battles than probably most people. Okay. Because you can, like, flicker this. I don't know. Like, if you, or I, there's, a, there's a battle later on that I'm way higher. I think the multicolored battles I'm so much higher on. Um, okay. Okay. Those I'm excited to see what you think. Uh, but you want to talk about some red cards that... Uh... Yeah, right. let's go red. Let's get uh, through this Wooberg in at least the first hour here. <laughs> All right. Uh, red card. Ooh, yeah, Do you guys want cards. me to talk? Yeah, go I mean, for I it. You... Some... Yeah, go for it. Because I haven't been really talking that much. I'm actually kind of excited about Rampaging Raptor. 4-4, um, four, four, 2 and 2 red. Trample Haste, Dinosaur. And it can pump it up with give it plus 2, plus 0. So, you know, you have extra mana. Hey, it's a 6-4. And everyone's been comparing this to Questing Beast. Except, of course, it's not legendary, uh, because whenever it deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to target Planeswalker that player controls or battle that player protects. So, yeah, I don't care so much about the uh, the battle thing, but being able to kill a Planeswalker is pretty cool. Like, especially if you, you know, you know, they block with like a 2-2 or, or something, and then you hit 3 or 4 and you kill their Teferi or their Karn or something like that. I think it's really neat. I could possibly see this in a boat deck maybe um, as a way to put push through some more damage because mm-hmm. it does have the haste and the trample and the boost ability, and you're going to have a lot of uh, mana dorks in there anyways to kind of fuel that. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? 
Um, I'm a little bit less higher on this card because red mid-rangey aggressive decks haven't really seen play in like forever. Like we haven't seen like Torbrand, Aggro, or anything like that really pop mm -hmm. up. And I think that's where this card would be like really good in. Sadly, I don't think this like really breaks the threshold for red green vehicles or red green mm -hmm. dragons as it now yeah. kind of is. Um, it's just it it just it's just sadly if they, if we got this card a year ago, oh my god, I'm so happy. But we got it mm. now, and I'm a little bit less excited for it. Yeah, big big threshold for four drops in the format. Yeah, sadly. Uh, are you going to steal my thunder with that transition about talking about dragons? Why would I want to <laughs> talk about dragons? You can talk about dragons. Okay, uh, I'm talking about Invasion of Tarkir. I think that this one's kind of cool. Uh, it's another battle here, one that I'm actually a little hype on. It's two mana, which is what is important. And when it enters battlefield... Well, this is a mythic? Oh my it's god, why is it a two mana mythic? It's a mythic. What are you guys doing to my screen here? Uh, okay, when it enters battlefield, reveal any number of dragon cards from your hand. When you do, it deals X plus two to any other target where X is the number of dragons revealed this way. So you can reveal one and deal three to something for two mana. Like, that's on rate, I think, for a sorcery speed uh, ability. And then, you know, it's got five defense, and when you flip it over, it's a flying trample. Whenever a dragon you control attacks, it deals two damage to any target, which is a 4-4. Four, four. Mm. Yeah. There's a, there's a sneaky line of text on this that makes me really excited about this, and it's the fact that other invasions of Tarkir can target other invasions of Tarkir. And I think that's yeah. what makes it a lot more playable. I like the fact that if you don't have any dragons in hand, this is still a shock for two mana, which if it kills their creature is all you need. All you need. And I, I think the the fact that, so like, if you haven't been paying attention to Twitter recently, red green bo or red green bo vehicles is dead. Long live the dragons, Overlord. <laughs> um, somebody did well with like the dragons deck, and now that's all everyone ever talks about is green red dragons. Uh, and I built a little mock-up of it. I think the fact that we got Shivan Devastator pretty recently kind of like, figures out a lot of things for like early dragons for this and the fact mm -hmm. that it flies right like shim devastator flies and can go over top of it uh and like defeat this battle on turn four turn three pretty consistently kind of like in that threshold uh okay i'm pretty excited about it okay. uh, i guess it's my turn i get to talk about card all right yeah. i'm gonna talk about a sneakily good one nahiri's warcrafting one in a red and a red. Sorcery. Nahiri's Warcrafting deals X damage to target creature, planeswalker, or battle. Look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of excess damage dealt this way. You may exile one of those cards, put the rest on the bottom in a random order. You may play the exiled cards until end of turn. Uh, so this can secret. Or so this killed Shieldred as a red deck, which was already really hard to do because the only other card that you had access to that could do that was Lightning Axe, and you didn't want to have to, like, pitch your good cards to be able to, like, kill a Shieldred, because then you get followed by it yeah. on resources, and it just becomes really sad. So this is one card that kills it, and let's just say you're not killing Shieldred. Let's just say you're killing Bone Crusher Giant with this. Mm. Uh, now you get to look at the top two, and you get a free card, and to cast to cast as well alongside it. Where I saw this scene play, and where who's uh, the guy who sold them on his name is Otterhaus, uh, is Obosh. Uh, Splashing White is a maybe, but... Obosh always wanted more card draw to be able to like play with their 21 drops that they played in that deck. And if on rate, on turn 4, you're casting Nahiri's Warcrafting on something, and then let's just say getting a, getting a Monastery Swift Spear, or getting a Play With Fire as well, off of the top of your library. The card's kind of sneakily playable. Can I... Uh... Cool. I'm, I'm in. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I like it. I like it. I was going to say, do you guys mind if I talk about a couple cards kind of like that? I think are just upgrades. I don't really need a lot of conversation. Go for it. Less talk sounds great to me. Yeah, Go so Lithomanic Barrage, I thought was kind of an upgrade on uh, Rending Volley kind of card, except that it's Sorcerer, which kind of sucks. And uh, it can't be countered, so just like Rending Volley. Uh, you can't cast it in instance because it's sorcery, but it deals five damage to a white or blue creature. But the benefit of playing this card is that you can still do one damage to other creatures or planeswalkers. So it's not totally dead in your hand, you know, if there's no blue or white creature in play, you know, if they're whatever else they're playing. I thought that was kind of cool. The other card I like. Yeah, yeah I think there'll be. I think this card we can't just skip over because I think there's going to be discussion on it mm-hmm. because it is a big question whether or not it's better than Rending Valley. Rending Valley being an instant is a big deal for stuff like Grease Fang. This is one more damage. Mm-hmm. It can hit Planeswalkers and it can do one damage if you don't have something. So it can hit an elf, you know, if there's a deck that's blue white and is running elves. Um, I don't know if it's going to replace Rending Volley for me, but I think that it might see some play. I definitely yeah, think it's very deck dependent Teferi. because it kills. Yeah, it kills a Teferi on the uptick, which is like a big mm-hmm. thing. With the being unkindable. So it just it really depends on what kind of deck you are and what your strengths are. Because if you're a Leyline mm-hmm. Binding deck, you probably want Litho Magic or Litho Mantic. But if you're not, if you're really light on removal and you really need it to go the extra distance, yeah, Rending Volley all, all day. That's that's okay. your card. Um, the other card I wanted to talk about was Volcanic Spite. Um, so this is the uh, one in a red instant, and it deals three damage to target creature, planeswalker, or battle. And you can put a card from that from your hand on the bottom of your library, and if you do, draw a card. So this seems very close to what um, was it? Uh, is it Creativity is using? I forgot the name of that one with the with the Fire eye Prophecy. One. Yeah, yeah. It kind of does the same thing, you know, three damage, but I think that's only Creature. So yeah. this adds the ability to hit a Planeswalker and a battle. Uh, battle, which is like a strict upgrade, I think. Yep, it is a strict upgrade. So I like that card a lot. And then the other one, I don't think you guys will probably be too high on, but I think it's still kind of neat, is Into the Fire. Uh, which is uh, deals two damage to each creature in Planeswalker and Battle. So it's kind of like a little mini board wipe. Uh, but you also have the possibility of using, it says, uh, put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library and draw that many cards so you can kind of cycle or filter out your hand. So I just like those two-for-one, or not two-for-one effects, but like the, the versatility of the card. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I like it. Yeah, I'm about there too. I, I, I don't think this one's like too, too high. Because, like, I don't know, three mana pyroclasm sometimes, mm. but maybe it's there. Yeah, I think just the format's not doesn't have that many X twos because of Bone Crusher and stuff. Yeah, but, but yeah, that I think it's worth it's worth mentioning. It's a uh, an ability we didn't have before. All right, I got a secret good one though. There was a secret mm-hmm. one in red. I was gonna wait to see if any of you two noticed. I mean, there's still a couple here that I, I feel like I haven't gone for a minute. I do want to shout out uh, Kenra Spellspear. I think. I don't know if it's got a home, but I think it's cool that I just wanted to shout out. It flips into a 3-3 with Trample Ward, Prowess, Prowess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the front side didn't die to Bone Crusher Giant. I'm all over this. <laughs> yeah. I'm all over it. It was like a 1-3 Trample on the front yeah. side. Yeah, Trample Prowess mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah. What do you got? All right. Blood Phoenix? Feather Phoenix. I think this card is oh, so yeah. secretly playable. I think this might... I don't. I, I just sat... Uh, red Agra has never been around for a while. And I think this might be the card that like, kind of brings it back because it's one in a red for a 2-2 two, two flying camp block. And then whenever a red... Uh, sorry, whenever an incident spe- uh, sorcery spell you control deals damage to an opponent or battle, you can pay a red and then return it to the battlefield with haste. And it's a 2-mana two 2-2. Two, two. Now... Obviously, it doesn't have haste itself, so it doesn't attack the turn it comes in, so you're not pushing damage constantly like that. But I think this is a really good, slow-accruing value burn or, uh, card, right? 
Because now you're play if you if this card ever died to like stomp, you don't really care. Because now your play with fire just brings it back for one mana, and I think this is yeah. one of the more more like I don't know. I think this one wouldn't surprise me if it was secretly busted in the format, and so I need to talk about it so that I can prove that I was right. What about this in a Tarka Red? Because that does the three damage to get it yeah. back, Ooh. but also um, if you're playing a Burning Tree Emissary, you can play this the same turn it comes into play. Yeah, and it flies. So I think maybe a Tarka yeah. Red, sure. And it also plays a place out of play of fire in that deck. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like say you're about to go for the kill, you have Tarka's command, you deal three damage to your opponent and give your team plus one, plus one. Boom, you have a Phoenix mm-hmm. trigger, bring it back, attack. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, this card's like yep, kind of secretly got Phoenix really good. in there too, right? Yeah, now you have Phoenix Tribal. Yeah, do it. Uh, but I'm good to move on to green if we want to move on to green. Green's going to uh, be a little bit perfect. quicker. I was going to shout out Chandra. I think is okay, but yeah. I wanted to on. shout out Beamtown beat stick because I was talking about uh, equipment before and the equipment was missing out on good one drops. Uh, so I really like that. It just gives it plus one plus zero menace, which is good early on. Uh, equip's going to be totally free if you have the, uh, um, what was it, the class, the uh, fighter class or warrior class in play. And you get a treasure token when it deals combat damage, so which is nice. But anyways, we can move on. Sure. All right, green cards. Uh, Who wants their pick? Kevin, you want to go? I'll go with one that I think is big as Blucranos Reborn. Uh, three mana, four, five, which is big stats. Three mana, four, five, reach. It can pay six and two life to flip it into a six, six with right reach and lifelink. And whenever it or another Hydra you control dies, you make a three, three with lifelink. Or no, three, three with reach and three, three with lifelink. Oh, I didn't even realize this is whenever another non-token. So if you play a second Blucranos in your deck, oh, oh. yeah. Hmm. Value. Or if you play the uh, the one that fights, or yeah, there's a couple. Of oh, Mistcutter Hydra. Huh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure, go for it. Um, I think that I'm partially saying that this card will be good when Karn gets banned and Mono Green is a Green Devotion deck again. Mm. Uh, but I think that it could see play before that. Like, I I don't think it sees play in the current Mono Green deck, but I think that there will be a home for this. So. Actually, I wanted to say maybe I should play this in Bard class, even though it's green, green. <laughs> because like I've, I've been missing out. I need reach creatures. I would lose the flyers a lot. And like, hey, four, f- say it'll be it would be a five six reach for two green. That does seem pretty, pretty good. good for two mana. You know what? That seems pretty good. But uh, I honestly think this yeah. card might see play in the current format of Mono Green too, because <laughs> okay. you had three. Because okay. think about it this way, right? You have three slots that are currently up for grabs or whatever in your Mono Green deck, because you can play like Agobolas, Teferi, Boat, Mightstone, whatever. You, if and then people are gonna start trying Pelucranos, right? And then when it comes to the Mono Green Mirror, and you have an old growth troll, and your opponent has a Pelucranos because they're playing that as their flex slot, well. It doesn't hmm. look so great. It is good against old growth. Troll. It is it's not as good against shoulder. It is though. real good against old growth troll. Uh, and I, it, it, you played alongside old growth troll, so you have two dorks that are three mana. Uh, trigger your Kiora, untap your Nykthos, do the dumb mono green thing. Uh, I, I definitely think that this is just kind of like solves the question of okay. what is the flat slot uh, in that deck, and that's all it really does. Question. I'm down. Question. Lair of the Hydra is uh, Hydra. X and a it's gotta green. Be a Hydra, if right? you just activate it for green, it becomes a zero zero and dies. No, nope, right? you can't it... activate it for zero. Does not. Okay, yeah, I was gonna can't. say you cannot activate it for zero. It literally can't. does not let you on the card. <laughs> they plan this out. Okay. That's oh, you can sweet. block with it as a one one. Yeah. They have block with that. Okay, and then I'll get this too. Okay. Yep. It's yeah. easy and free. But um, a green card that I am. 
I'm I don't know where to think about this card. I think this card is either secretly really really good or just dog unplayable. And that card is Deep Root Wayfinder. So for one, and, oh, I think this card could be great. Maybe for one and a green, it's a two-three Merfolk Scout that says whenever it deals combat damage to a player, surveil one. Then you may return a land card from your graveyard to the battlefield tap. Now you don't have fetch lands to like easily return this card, other than like if you're playing a turn one Fable Passage, you kind of look really dorky anyway. But you're just trying to like I think you're just trying to spike off this card, uh, and you're playing like some four color pile, uh, and then you can just like return triumphs or whatever. Um, it's like, it, it just really depends how, right now with the format, either your opponent has so many creatures in play that you have to deal with, or they'll have no creatures in play and you have to deal with their hand or you're dead. And I, yeah. I it's really 50-50 with this. Because, like, you need to be able to have play removal cards to deal with the other opponents, so, sorry, to deal with the opponent's creatures to be able to have this thing connect. But if you're playing a lot of those cards, it kind of makes it weaker into, like, Lotus Field and creativity sometimes. Depends what your removal is. It doesn't get bone crusher. It does though. not get bone crusher, which is the biggest thing for this card. It does not get bone crushered. It gets pushed. Though. I think the only thing I want to say is that it's a bit of a um, Vorth. What is it? Melvin fail. What is the one that cares about mechanics? Is that this doesn't play well with the explore mechanic from the Ixalan mm. Merfolk, where you would draw the card if it's a land or put it in the graveyard if it's not a land. Oh yeah. Uh, if that works the other way around, that would work really well with this thing. So. Small, small shame there. Yeah. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I haven't been thinking a lot about the Thalia and Gitrog monster type of thing, you know, where you have to like sacrifice a land and whatnot. And I think this type of card, there's a lot of these types of effects out there. And maybe what brings it all together is cards like the Thalia Gitrog monster thing, which we'll talk about maybe a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. Because instead right. of like, because otherwise, I think people are just gonna try to put stuff into the graveyard you know, like through milling or something like that. I do not think that's the way to go. I think it's more of a, of a, uh, how can I say, uh, uh, incremental advantage uh, instead of like a combo, you know, type, type thing that you want to be using this ability for. Yep. But anyways, um, who's next? Uh, think, it's you. Is it me? Yeah, I think it's you. <sighs> Man, I do want to give a quick shout out to one card and then i'll use my real one if that's okay actually go for it. I'll just yeah that's it. fine go for it so i think atraxas fall is a very interesting card because they're just adding more and more text on done these been shouted out you know we've had like other instances that do like you know hey destroy artifact enchantment or exile something and this is destroy artifact enchantment battle um or creature it just hits any kind of problem that you could you could uh run into it's like Hey, you need to kill that Atraxa? It kills that Atraxa. There's some random person's playing a battle? Gets rid of that battle. You know, uh, you need to get rid of something that the Mono Green's playing or an Enigmatic? Hey, get rid of that enchantment. Get rid of that artifact. So I like the versatility of it. Not It is a sorcery, but it yeah. is really fun if you hit your opponent's Atraxa with it. So I guess that, that gets just the tiniest honorable mention. Yeah, honorable mention. And then the other card, again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because I don't think it's going to be any good, is Ozolith, the Shattered Spire. We, you know, we've been trying to make... Um, Hardened scales work. It's not gonna work because we don't have ballista, and that's really the only card that really tied everything together. I don't think, no matter how much critical mass of tokens you're gonna play, you're gonna lose to board wipes, and you're gonna lose to, you know, like you know, removal and stuff like that. And you know, there's so much hate against artifacts and and, and stuff in general. So, but anyways, this one says it's basically uh, hardened scales. Yeah. Um, you get a plus one plus one counter. Uh, uh, so if it says if plus one plus one counter would be put on an artifact or creature you control, it gets that many plus one, uh, and then you can tap it and 
tap or play pay two mana, and uh, you can get a bit of counter on target artifact or creature you control, and you can only use this as sorcery. It does have cycling though, which is kind of neat. I just don't think it's going to. Yeah, be I think good. that's. I miss this one being spoiled, so this is really interesting. I do like that it has cycling, so that duplicate cop you can still play four, but then if you get a duplicate, it's not a dead card in your hand. Mm. Um, I do like that this kind of solves a little bit of the problem where you draw the wrong half of the deck. Um, so this is your your it is your you know scales card, but it can also apply counters. Um, I do also like that both this and uh, Winding Constrictor both put them on artifacts as well. If there are any of those good incubate cards, we could maybe uh, make something there. Mm. I'm interested. I haven't been able to find a good, uh, you know, synergy-based decks right now. I was kind of saying last week are on the downturn. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been able to play Hardened Scales, but I do like uh, the looks of this. This is a cool card. I definitely so. like the fact that you're able to, like, if you're if you're in a board state where you have no creatures in play, but you have, like, an Ozolith, like, a, the other Ozolith, the one from original Corio, like, floating around, mm-hmm. like, you can build, you can still build and, like, put counters on the Ozolith. Ooh, yeah. And, like, just wait until you have, like, a big creature. Then, or sorry, wait until you have a creature, transfer all the counters... Woo, you did it. Uh, I think this card makes... This card, alongside another card that's like a little bit later, makes scales a lot more playable. But how much more playable that is from zero is a big question. <laughs> I think okay. scales needs to be either a combo deck... I think it just needs to be a combo deck, to be honest. I don't think it's, gonna, it's any good as an aggro deck. Like you said, putting all your stuff on top of something to, to win the game. For example... Uh, you know, have like Simic Ascendancy. If you have like, what is it, ten counters or something like that on something, you win. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, that like that. I'm not in for that. That's an against the odds card. Uh, let me let me uh let me shout one out here is Rem and Realm Breaker. Um, I've heard some people who are excited about this card. I'm still kind of medium on it, but I think that it deserves a mention for one application. It's a three mana four loyally planeswalker that gives all your lands tap for any mana of color, mana of any color. It can plus one to give one of your lands vigilance, hexproof, and haste until next turn. Uh, it can minus two to mill three cards and put a permanent from among mill cards in your hand. And you can minus seven to get an emblem with we can play lands and cast permanent spells from your graveyard. And the one thing place I think people were excited about this card is for Jeskai Ascendancy. It gives you a vigilance, hexproof, haste land creature, which is a great way to go off with Ascendancy. It can search for it, you know, you can mill for it to try and find it with your minus. Um, seems like it might have some applications there if that deck wanted to come back. Yeah, I also heard people talk about this card in creativity, and I think you having to go okay. into a third color for creativity is just incorrect. I think you just kind of want to keep it at two. Mm. So I'm not. That would be on... another hexproof target for creativity. That's kind of cool. yeah. I wouldn't be on a. I wouldn't be too too high on this for creativity either. So I think this card is a lot more of a modern card than a pioneer card. So it's a big sad. Okay. Anything else in green? Uh, I think I want to. Don't make me read Voren Clex. Don't make me read. I'm Vorinclex. not. <laughs> I will read Invasion of Exelon, and then I will be done. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, so it's one in a green for four loyalty battle. Uh, ETB. You get to look at the top five cards, put a permanent from among them in your hand, rest in the bottom in any other order. Uh, and then the flip side, I don't know. It's a dinosaur. Those things, but I, I want to talk about the, the other side of this card more than the battle side. Um, I want to. I want five cards is a lot of cards. And in Mono Green, some people were already talking about like this being like uh, the second coming of Oath of Nyssa or something like that. Because you get to deal dig five, and you get to do any permanent. Uh, which the only difference between this and Oath of Nyssa hitting is like your enchantments. That's so like your Wolf Low Havens, or even your artifacts. Like if you had your flex slot being like boat or whatever it is, like this now hits that. Uh, but it does cost one more. But I mean, like you had a lot of times where you couldn't really cast. Uh, Sorry, you couldn't really cast anything else, so the mana taxing wasn't, like, too big of a thing. 
Um, I think this is just another option to rerun alongside Oath of Nissa, personally. So, shout out to this card, because yeah, it's probably just going to see playing Mono Green, like, very minorly. But Cool. Mm. I'll raid Vornicolex if you don't want to raid Vornicolex, because I think no. it's a good oh, card. God. I know it's a lot Okay, of so it's five mana, and it's a worse... Um, uh, what's it's the prime six, time. six uh, trample... Uh, it's prime time. Trample, Vigilance, Reach. Uh, Elder Gargroth. Yeah, so the, this card can be hit off of uh, a... Man, I can't think of cards today. It's been a long day the, for me. The, green, the one that looks at the, the Storm of the Festival. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's the only thing that's interesting here. <sighs> Please. Okay, so it's a 5 mana 6-6, six, six, Trample Reach. Enters, you search for two forests, yep. put them in your hand. Uh, 8 mana, exile it, return it as an, a saga. You mill 10, put two creatures among them to the nice. battlefield. Number 2, distribute 7 plus 1 plus 1 counters. Number 3, creatures can fight other creatures by paying 1. Then you turn it back into the front side and get two more lands. Um, yeah. I think it could maybe be a flex slot in mono green. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I think my most exciting part about this card is the fact that it gets it, that it says two forest cards, so they can be like triumphs, which is like kind of yeah. dope. Yeah. Uh, so you can kind of like just like grab cards like cycle away or anything like that. And I think this like this is like okay, we we don't have to argue because like this one is easily the most flippable one. Like you just need mana, you don't need anything else. And if you're in a green deck that's running a five drop that finds two lands, you're probably flipping this. So. They're not to play, though. They are to hand. Eh, it's fine. So it doesn't just curve into itself. It's fine. It's all fine. I still don't think this card's that great. And I'm the, I, I'm I, the one that likes nope. dorky Triumph Finders. I think it'll see play <laughs> in Mono Green. I sadly don't. So. All right. Um, d- done with green, then? That was the only card I wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah. So. Multicolored. Multicolored than Artifact and Land. Yeah. We can Let's just get skip moving. artifact and land this time. I don't. I have nothing to say about this. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> All right, I got my Pretty exciting much, cards yeah. in multicolor that I would love to talk about, and I think. Uh, do we want to talk about the one that I think is gonna be okay, or the one that's gonna break the ga- break things? Give me your number one, because I'm uh-huh. I'm struggling. Okay. Well, with I, I have two that I think are like pretty premium here, and they're the two battle cards that come in multicolor that are rares. And I'll talk okay. about the first one, uh, Invasion of Tolvada. Uh, three white, black, five loyalty battle or siege. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, return target non-battle permanent card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And then its flip side is creature tokens you control get plus one zero and have lifelink. And at the beginning of your end step, create a one one black and white spirit. Um, that backside is like semi irrelevant for like half of what I what I'm thinking about with this deck. But uh, I built a Mardu Doom Foretold deck with this. Because I think the thing that's really, okay. really, really interesting about this is it's a five mana flickerable return target non-battle permanent. So it's anything, right? You can return like basically anything. So anything in your wildest dreams. So this card I think is a great top deck because with the Yorion decks, you play Yorion, have this really powerful turn, and then if you couldn't like get ahead because you're against mono black and they interact with everything, well, you had to play your Yorion out earlier for whatever blocker value kind of thing that's gonna return the Yorion. Or if you're playing the Doom Foretold pile and it sacrificed itself because your opponent has no resources, this gets back the Doom Foretold. Um, and it's okay. just, it's, it's flickerable, it's abusable, and when you flip it in the Doom Foretold deck, that deck makes so many tokens. So many tokens. So giving all of them plus 1-0 and lifelink is so relevant. 
Um, Ooh, okay, so like in that. this Mardu Doom Patrol deck, it really does abuse it really well. And I think mm. there's just like a lot of other things that I haven't thought about because like this does get flickered by literally anything. Sadly, we don't have Felidar Guardian in the format, which is I was I was so going to say that, that's what I was going to be mad about. It's so sad. Felidar Guardian and a sacrifice. I know. Can we just please get Felidar Guardian please and get rid of Sahili? There's just Give no me reason. Felidar, yeah. and then I'm so much happier in this format. I own a Russian playset. Uh. I'm so want to play that card. Huh. But um no, like I, I I just think this card is so playable for both sides, and I think the fact that you have a non-battle uh, permanent card reanimation spell that's flickerable and abusable that way is just insane in Fire's decks or even in this format just in general. Anyway, that's right, my card yeah. that I um who's who's up next? I think you are Ryan. Yeah, I'll go up order. next. I only have like one or two cards I w- really want to talk about, and I it was talking about Thalia and Gitrog uh, before. I think this is kind of a neat card. Uh, four four first strike, death touch, and you can play an additional land on each of your turns. And creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control under the battlefield tap. That's Thalia's thing. And then whenever Thalia and the Gitrog monster attacks, you sacrifice a creature or land, then draw a card. So. You know, I'm thinking, like we said earlier, like that Merfolk, you want something that's going to be able to get those cards back into play. I'm also kind of thinking, was that the Aether Revolt card, the um, the 3-2 Human? Renegade Rallier. Yeah, the Rallier and stuff. That that type of deck, or that type of card would work really well with this, and it is a Human as well. Um, some very interesting Abzan, you know, uh, Humans deck, maybe we could build with her. I, I, I like the value. I like, you know... The hate bear type type feeling of of this card. I think this is one of my sleeper cards for the set. Oh, I'll call it out. Yeah, at least you're right that it's a sleeper card because I'm not high on it. Yeah, has a lot of text. When you read it's it, a great. Right? It's a great hate yeah, bear. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too high. But like, yeah. just none of the abilities are as exciting as you probably think they are. Like, mm-hmm. sure, you get to play an additional land, but like, I don't know. I haven't really wanted to play a lands matters deck in Abzan. Um. Or, and like a lot of the hate abilities just i don't know the fact that i got phyrexian sensor in this set alongside thalia and gitrog makes me mm. a lot less around this card because phyrexian sensor is just mm. so much better um also Pain. doesn't die to uh doesn't get put back to your hand when a thing in the ice flips true it is a horror yes so important uh <laughs> i think that the fact that you have to go into three colors is a huge downside for this versus i could just be in one color and play shieldred so uh for a four mana creature that doesn't really impact the board the first turn, I'm not too huge on it. Pyre deck maybe with Dahlia and Renegade Rallier. Yeah. No, I thought uh, I thought well, about it. I just, I just couldn't get high we'll on going. it. We'll I couldn't going. get high on it. All right, you got one. I'm gonna start with a shout out if it's cool. Is I just want to shout out Galton and Maverin. Mm. I don't think it's gonna be good, but I think people will try to play this with Soren because you can put it into play with the minus. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. big. Um, she big. Yeah, but it, it doesn't, you know, it can still die to Dreadbore. I'm not sure what else, but uh, the one I do actually think is exciting is Kogla and Yadaro. Mm. Um, six mana for a 7-7. Seven, seven. When it enters, it gains Trample and Haste still on a turn, or it fights a creature you don't control. Um, but I think more importantly, you can pay four, discard it, uh, shuffle it into your library, and destroy an artifact or enchantment, and draw a card. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, so you got like a repeatable naturalized, which is like kind of interesting, but ah, paying four mana for it, even though uncounterable, I will admit, just yeah an uncounterable naturalize that draws you a card like it gets pretty good format, really? i don't know oh. i gotta i gotta yeah that's also the question i gotta play with it to find out if i like it with it i mean this there's no really big red green deck that you can play it in right now right or like I mean, even boats, just like abuse boats, its boats. ability uh, would it be boats isn't that too uh, much for boats yeah i guess uh, so uh, i'm less high on this for boats i think this is way too expensive for that deck 
Okay. So okay. I was thinking of actually building a mid-range bard class deck. Anyway, <laughs> joke, joke, joke. Well, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have guessed. All right. I guess it's my turn, and I could talk about yeah. the other card I'm very high on, uh, Invasion of Alara. And again, guess what we're doing with this card? We're flickering it. But this one costs one of each mana. So it's five colors, and it has seven loyalty, so it's really hard to defeat. So it must be something really powerful, right? Um, when it enters the battlefield, you exile the cards from the top of your library until you exile two non-land cards with mana value four or less. And then you get to cast one of them without paying the mana cost and put the other one in your hand, and the rest go in a random order. Huh. So where I envisioned this deck was, if you guys remember, way long ago in the format, uh, Jeskai Transmorgify was a deck with like Birth of Miletus, Narset, um, those kind of cards. And yep, yep. nowadays, <laughs> yeah, nowadays we don't get out. We we have a very different card pool, and a lot of things are a lot more different things are better. But I still think that uh, you could play this alongside Bitter Union, Fable, uh, still play Asian or Treachery. And the thing that's really cool with this is you get to cascade into the cards, right? And so you get to look at the two, and you either get to find a a card that helps you find Transmorgify, B Transmorgify, or C the card that makes the tokens so that you can cast the Transmorgify. It goes hmm. and it, huh. it finds huh. any of the things that you need for it, and then you just get to create a value chain of stealing your opponent's stuff. And I don't know, like five, and then it's flickerable for repeatable value. Um, the other side, I didn't even touch on yet because I just don't think that you're really ever defeating this battle, sadly. But you here, let's see if I can quickly do it. Uh, you draw two cards. You get to put an artifact card from your hand on the battlefield. You get to create a copy that's a copy of target permanent you control. You get to distribute three counters among things and destroy something your opponent controls. So like. I don't know if you're if you're a boomer and you remember the card the last stand it kind of just does that it does something for of every color that would do but i i still think like the back the front side of this cascading into two cards and you get to pick your best and put the other one to hand so you just draw a non-land off this and mm. put a be really big expensive card in the hand that you want to put into play yeah nuts cool it's a little awkward um, with like fires but uh, uh, yeah uh. quick question when you so if you destroy something it flips if you exile it's gone right can you exile something no if you destroy a battle it does not flip it is just destroyed yeah you can deal a battle damage and bring it down to its last loyalty or its last but uh, it flips counter. afterwards right yeah. yeah you have to cast it though with the same cost no no no, no. you have to pay any mana but it just goes on the stack oh. so your opponent has like a chance to interact okay okay but if I exile Invasion of Alara, like you don't have that option then, right? Mm, I don't believe so. If... No, it's just gone. Okay. Just wondering. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works. Yeah, battles are weird, man. Um, um I like one card I want to talk about, and that'll be done, I think. I got it. Yeah, go for yours. I got three. Uh, so the only other card I really wanted to talk about, again, we've been talking about hardened scales a lot, Botanical Brawler. It seems like we got tons and tons of enablers and zero payoffs in hardened scales. So this is just another enabler. It's a zero zero for uh, green and a white with trample, and it enters the battle with two counters on it. And so whenever one or more counters are put on another permanent you control, so this could be any permanent. If it's the first time you get a plus one plus one counter, sorry. If it's the first time a plus one plus one counter has been put on it, you put a plus one counter. So it's it's another. Uh, how can I say for each permanent? I'm guessing. So, like, if you have other things in play, this is kind of like having another, um, what was it, the, hmm. another Hardened Scales in play or another, what, what was the human, I think, that was, like, the 2-2 two, two 
I think it was like from the shaman. I think it was a. I don't think it was a human. It was like a dryad or something. Yeah, the one that it was a green white one as well. When the creature dies, the again. cleric. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like you know, it's it's more of that stuff. So like we have this. Like I said, we got a critical mass. I think. But like, what I are we doing with them? I didn't notice one thing that you just mentioned that when you were talking about this is that yes, if you you know minus your Nissa and put a plus and plus encounter on five creatures you control. Each and he sees four permanents get their first plus plus encounter. You get four extra permanents. So that that that's actually kind of kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I also think that's something that wasn't like too 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 mentioned is like let's just like think of that like the ideal the ideal scenario with this right. So we play turn one hardened scales. We play this on turn two. Now you have a three three with trample, and now you can just like I don't know. Let's just live in the world where we go play an experiment one and then cast another botanical brawler. Uh, so experiment one will get its so, two one one counters, and then both botanical brawlers will get one one counters because they both see the experiment one get one, and then both other botanical yeah. brawlers will get another one counter mm. because they both see each other get one. And now mm. what are we left yep. with? Uh, I think if I do the math correctly, that's a turn two seven seven with trample. Mm. Like cool. it's a little powerful. Like it does something pretty powerful pretty quickly, and I think this is a lot more of an enabler than you give it credit for. But I definitely but don't think it's the enabler that we need. But I definitely think it's. A I'm lot wondering, better. like instead of playing hard and skills, we just turn into a Coco deck. We have all these ETB effects now. That wouldn't be too awful. I've thought about that if Coco would be doable without you know all of the various scale lords we have. Because all of them have like, hey, enters a battlefield, enters a battlefield. So. Hmm. All right, um, can I grab the next sure. one? Is uh, Halo Forager. I think this might be a little bit too expensive, but it's three mana for a 3-1 flying fairy rogue. I do like the fact that it's a rogue. When it enters, you can pay X. When you do, you cast target instant or sorcery from your gra- from your graveyard with mana value X, or and then if it would be, you know, it goes to the exile when you cast it. But, you know, four mana for a 3-1 that gets a thought seize with it or a fatal push with it mm-hmm. seems pretty cool. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, I got. I want to talk about just a couple more, just quickly. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about uh, yeah, Arant and Jada. Uh, so this is a one blue white for a two three with flash flying. Uh, it's a human angel. Um, when you may look at the top card of your library at any time, and it also says you may cast spells with flash or flying from the top of your library. So we've seen Azoria spirits get a little bit better over the past while. And I think this card is, like, pretty solid in that deck. Like, it's a Realm Walker for their deck that kind of just, I don't know, like, it works really well because you're just able to uh, keep up spell color at the same time. It had both mm-hmm. have flash. It's just, I don't know. I think it's just, like, a it's a sideboard card that you get to bring in against red-black as, like, Azoria Spirits, which is sick because, man, yeah. we all hate red-black. Get that, get that deck off the top of the meta. Um, I mean, you got some neat cards in... in uh... How can I say uh, those colors? Like we have the uh, Lavana, Lavana, uh, no, no, Lavinia, Lavinia uh, from um, the Zeneca Rising. It was like a three-three flash, I believe, right? I don't know if it had flash. It definitely had flying. Flying, yeah, yeah. Um, the other cards that I just quickly want to go over is Inga and Asaka. Um, this one makes all of your creatures darks, uh, and you but you can only cast on creatures. Um, there are Kinnon piles that walk around, uh, sorry, that mm. come around every once in a while. And the fact that this could just like have a bunch of creatures that are now mana dorks to spend on other creatures, which you already wanted to spend with Kinrith or Kenrith or Kinnon, um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, and if you're using creature spells to cast them, you draw cards. So like, I'm not smart enough to figure out if there's something there, but someone else Aserac? might be. So maybe with Aserac combo, uh, maybe, 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 uh, best know. art in the set. 
though. Oh, easily though. Like yeah. Rainbow with cats. Yeah. Someone yes. someone someone got not a nigh on cat reference, so go down. I'm 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 getting the uh the foil of that for sure. Yeah. Um and the last one to nice. quickly talk about is the last invasion I think we're talking about. Um uh invasion of Ergamon. I don't even know anything about this plane, sadly. So uh, when it enters the, the uh, Digimon plane, oh, we love Digimon plane. Um, <laughs> when it enters the battlefield, you create a treasure token. Then you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card, and then it flips over into I don't know something, some Rhino guy. Um, but what I'm more so looking at this as is is a, is a cycler card that goes through your deck that creates a treasure. So like, if if Creamer or Teamer Creativity, or if mm-hmm. you're playing like uh, red green creativity, or we've seen those like Jun creativity piles that you just like go straight into a Traxa, or you reanimate a Traxa. Like this, this is like fable light. So if you want more fable effects, this is really good at doing that. So it's something to think about. All right. All right. That's going to bring us to the hard part of the show where we have to go ahead and shout out what we think our top five from the set are mm. and we review these so uh you know all the pressure is really on all right uh you know not really this is just for fun we always are wrong in some way or I another was... uh do you want to yeah who, who wants to go first I'll go first have you been do you want to change this around a little bit kevin because i'll go first if you're not ready uh i'm moving one to honorable mention but i've got mine okay, i got you, you can go first because it looks like my list is totally different from yours do you want me to go or yeah yeah please go okay ahead. yeah so my number one i think i'm gonna go with el schnorn i just like all her abilities uh like her cost everything's just really good another home run out of the park i think she'll definitely find a home uh my second one is gonna be guardian of garapur again i love angels i think that the blink effects is really nice the mana cost is nice you know it's gonna be hit by either uh you know co- company or you know something else that puts stuff into play which is really good uh i also am really high on rampaging raptor i think that you know a, that haste that trample is nasty and i think that you know it's gonna find some home somewhere in some aggressive deck if it's not gonna be boats or something it'll be something else uh, i also think that lethal mantic barrage is gonna see more play like we said um I thought this was only for creatures at first. This is definitely better than Rending Volley, even if it is at Sorcery, because being able to use it on a Planeswalker as well, so I don't have to have, you know, how can I say? I don't have to have uh, uh, an alternate uh, answer to to Planeswalkers in my deck. I can just play that and hit both my, uh, how can I say? I can hit all the humans. I can hit all the spirits and everything. It's great. I love it. And then uh, I think Vorinclax as well. Vorinclax is nasty just because mono green players like doing stupid things, and that's a stupid card that's going to do stupid things. Um, hey, not all mono green players are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just most of them. Shh, no, I didn't say that. Um, and then Some my honorable mention is Polypro. My honorable mention is Polychronos. I think that's okay. a fun card. Like I said, I want to try it out. Uh, I think that'll be a fringe card to play with, with like, you know, a Hydra deck or something like that. Um, you want to go next, Kevin? Yeah, I'll go ahead next. Uh, my honorable mention is going to be the Deep Root Wayfinder. Uh, I really want to try that card, but I'm not sure if it'll actually be good. So you guys talked me off of including it in my top five here. Uh, I'm going number five, Invasion of Gobicon. Number four, the Fairy Mastermind. Got to be on my list somewhere here. I did three Pelucranos. Two is Rona. And I'm going number one, Elish Norn, which I think is a wild call, but maybe she'll surprise me. Mm. Both of you making yeah. the Alice Norn your seat one, and then saying it's a wild call. Mm-hmm. SMH, SMH, mm-hmm. both of you. 
Anyway, my top five. Uh, I had an honorable mention because, you know, you have to. That's the... Wait, oh, Ryan stole my Elish Nord. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. Uh, no, I think the Phoenix. I think the Phoenix is a solid... I'm going to call it an honorable mention because I think that card has so much potential to be busted. Um, uh, it's fifth slot, I'm going with Poly K because I think Monogreen is just going to pick it up pretty easily. Hmm. Um, I think Invasion of Alara is something that is... Like, there is just so many things that can happen with that card, and so I think there is something that might break it, and I think I don't think I know, did necessarily, however, smarter people probably will. Um, Phyrexian Sensor is just such a powerful hate card for, like, a Taxo-style or anything uh, creature-wise. Um, and then I'm I'm really high on battles, apparently, because I got Invasion mm-hmm. of Tarkir next, and then my seat number one, Invasion of Tolvada. I think, I think the non-battle permanent reanimation card is secretly so playable i mean like when i look at your top five i'm just like yeah this player definitely plays fires and enigmatic and <laughs> all that stuff yeah what can i no, say it was an enchantment too yeah yeah i got a brand all right all right that i think is going to wrap up our show though um thank you guys for listening thank you for joining us on the show here um if you guys like this if you want to hear more go ahead and like and follow us on twitter you can find us at MDG Pioneer, and you can tell us what you guys think was the best decks. You can also see us tweeting out as us and others brew things with this new set here. Yeah, and you guys can find me on uh, Twitter as well at uh, Yo Japan Hobbyist. And if you are top eight, uh, doesn't matter. I should definitely hop into that Discord. Tell us what cards we, you know, missed talking about. We did have some that we we didn't have time to talk about, but we would like to hear what you guys think. Um, and Ashak, how about you? Any shout outs? Uh, shout out to. I don't know, my mom. My or social. Cool. Oh, yeah, let's, we can do that too. Um, shout out to my Twitter, Dreams of Ashjock. If you guys were wondering what fancy things I ended up brewing up, uh, they're up there. They're also in the Decklist channel of this, uh, the First Pioneers Discord. Um, and shout out to my mom again, because, you know, got to bring her back. Yeah. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Thank you guys again for listening. Thank you for uh, making more magic cards, Wizards, because that's pretty cool. And uh, we are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer Information Online. And we are momming out.